Hey everyone, this is Sam from Through the Winters Ministry. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10. I'm excited because we are interviewing our friend Dorsey Ross, and I know you guys are going to enjoy this. Let's go. Hey everybody, season two, episode seven, we interviewed Joseph Baez and we talked about his song, Realize. He's working on his next song, so we need your help. Can you go to Spotify or iTunes and download his song? It's just a dollar, but every dollar counts to help him make his next song. So we're hoping you guys enjoy his music. We're hoping that you continue to support him. Subscribe, like his songs, and definitely if you can download them so you can help get some money to start making his next recording. God bless you guys. We know you won't be disappointed. Hey everyone, this is Sam here, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in. And I have the honor and the pleasure to introduce to you guys, you know, a good friend of mine and my wife. This is Dorsey Ross, and he is an author, he is a missionary, and um, he has an amazing testimony. And he's going to be sharing with us uh, his story and how he's used the hardships actually to minister to other people and how God's blessed them. Like, like we've told you last week before about Dorsey. He's one of the, uh, sometimes one of the most happiest guys in the room, and um, he's always happy-go-lucky, and, and, and we just know that you guys can be blessed uh, when you hear his story. So just want to say, hey, Dorsey. Hey, Kim. How are you? <laughs> doing good, doing good, doing good. And um, for those of us who, maybe the listeners who don't know who you are, um, real quick, let's get it right in the front. Uh, what's your, where's your website? What's the website address? My website is www.dorseyross.com. Uh-huh. DorseyRoss.com and there they'll find out all information about you right. um, in ministry and even if maybe if someone wants you to come speak at their church or, or anything like that they can find that information yeah there they too, can right? find out the booking information and all that on that website okay so that's DorseyRoss.com that's where you can find out more information about Dorsey and his story um, and if after hearing his testimony in this podcast um, or if you want to find out more information about him and you would like him to come speak at your church um, you can find it on DorseyRoss.com so with that said Dorsey um, you were born with a blitz syndrome a blitz syndrome um, and so what does that entail for those of us that, that may not know what that is well when I was born my forehead was pushed outward okay my eyes and nose were pushed back into my head and my fingers and toes were fused together. Together, yeah. At, meaning I had no individual movement yeah. of them. Okay. Um, and then after you were born, they there were uh, surgeries that had to be done. Right. Right. I know the surgeries for your hands, surgeries for your feet, and then also for the eyes too. Am I correct? It was the well, it was the full you know full frontal yeah you know f- uh, facial surgery where they had to you know almost like reconstruct my face and. You know, move around the bones and, you know, over time, yeah. you know, of many years of having to, 
to do that. How old were you when the first surgery happened? I was, I was six weeks of age. Six weeks. Wow. When they had the first operation to open the skull and to allow my brain to grow. Wow. When I was born, the doctors told my parents that because I had no skull opening and no room for my brain to grow, that I wouldn't survive. I would eventually become brain dead because of that skull not being opened. Wow. Okay. So so the skull was the shape that it was and that wouldn't allow for the, your brain to grow. Right. As you got older and things Correct. like that. And so, um, did they tell them there is this surgery we can do, but it's like far-fetched from this surgery? No. The doctor initially said to my parents, you know, help you brain dead, put him into a institution. Find the, find the papers over and put him... In don't even bother raising him. Correct. Not, don't even bother raising him. There's nothing that we can do at that time. Wow. How many years ago was this now? It's just... It 40... It, well, it just, I just turned 43... January 16th. Okay. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. <laughs> so this is 43 years ago. Yes. 43 years ago. Um, so, okay, we, we know that the science is different now. Correct. Obviously, and stuff like that. So 43 years ago, they were just like, there's no hope. There's no there's no chance. Um, if he's going to be alive when he's born, right. he's going to be pretty much brain dead. Anyway. Well, my, my here's, another, here's another crazy thing. My parents didn't even know, even beforehand, before I was born... While I was in my mother's room, they didn't know that I was going to be born with any type of disability. Because they didn't have the testing that they do now, back then, to even discover discover that that, that I was going to have any type of abnormality or any type of disability. So was this already something that was um, when you were born... The doctor suggested this, or it wasn't like they knew while you were still in the womb. Like, there was no CAT scan or, or no. ultrasound. That no, was, nothing. So the pregnancy was going normal and fine, right? Um, well, and it wasn't until after you were born, right? The doctor suggested, you know, right? Well, if you don't mind going back a sure, little bit into, sure. you know, while my mother was yeah. pregnant, the funny thing about the whole thing was my mom was forty-one. Okay. My dad was forty-five. Okay. When they discovered that I, that my mom was pregnant, okay, and the only reason that she discovered that she was pregnant was because she started to gain weight. Huh. Because my mom was a, was my mom and my dad already had two grown daughters, okay, and they already had two sons who passed away after they were born with another type of disability, not from what I had, but from another type of disability. All right, so well, you so um, you have two older sisters. Correct. And then you had two older brothers that passed away after they were born? After they were born. Um, so she didn't even know she was pregnant with you. Correct. And then so she realized, hey, I'm getting a little weight here. Right. And she thought it was maybe regular weight, but it wasn't. Well, it she, was actually thought it was, she, she actually told me she thought it was some type of tumor that was oh, growing wow. inside of her wow. until she went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, it's not a tumor, but you do have a baby. <laughs> there's there's a parasite growing inside yeah, of you, exactly. but there's no kind of parasite. 
my wife my wife would always say that she she, she told our pastor when she was pregnant with um, our fourth child she says I gotta tell you something pastor he goes what is it we had a private meeting and she goes um, I have a parasite growing inside of me <laughs> and he's like a parasite she goes yeah and, you know it won't really grow and he goes are they gonna remove it he goes well in about nine months and then he was like wait a minute you know <laughs> so um, okay so so she thought it was she had a tumor right um, but it was actually uh, a baby right correct and so they didn't know what the case did she have any curiosity being that your your brothers that had passed away had some had some not to my knowledge no no okay so after you're born right they see the condition you're in. Right. The eyes are, are set in. Your hands and your feet weren't, you know, independently Correct. moving and things like that. So they saw you had these things. Doctor scans you. And so it's afterwards that the doctor now comes back and says, it's better that you just <clears throat> have him uh, uh, put into a, an institution because whatever. Right. You know, he's not going to be able to function. And and the reason <clears throat> and how the reason why my parents took me home was because there was a nurse at the hospital, whether it was my nurse or, you know, some other nurse, we don't yeah. really know what we call at the moment. Yeah. But she said to my parents, hey, there's doctors at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital that are doing babies, or excuse me, are doing operations on babies, on babies like your son, who may be able to help you. Wow. So they took me home... And started investigating. Right, started investigating, took me to Columbia Presbyterian, and they said, well, you know, the doctors there said, well, he'll have issues, he'll have obstacles that he'll have to overcome. Right. And surgeries that he'll have to overcome. But if we do this operation at six weeks to open the skull and to allow his brain to grow... That's a start. Yeah, that's a start, and he'll he'll survive. Wow. You know. Okay, so six weeks is when you had your first operation to open up the skull a little bit more to allow your brain to grow. When was the last surgery? The last surgery was probably for my for body wise, probably about fifteen. When you were fifteen years old, right? Okay, so now first surgery at six weeks, last surgery when you were fifteen years old. How many surgeries in between? Well, I, I count even the broken arms, broken bones that I've had. So yeah, I, yeah. Which one of them happened when I was in Barber College. Oh, wow. So I've had, overall, I've had 68 operations. 68? Okay, I knew you had a lot. I didn't know it was that much. <laughs> 68 surgeries altogether. And some of them, not because of them, but because... Uh, because how stupid I broke my arm. You broke your arm and like that. And uh, I know, I remember, if I remember correctly, there was one time where um, your balance got a little... Uh, messed up and, and, and you hurt your elbow or your arm or something years ago well it's pro- well you're probably talking about when I when I um bounced maybe it may have been when I broke my arm yeah and I I like bounced off with somebody playing hockey in the gym <laughs> and I fell and I that's probably when I broke that was, my that was in a youth group right or, or what gym was it that was probably um, when I was in high school in high school okay um so when we're talking about high school I went to a um, school for people with disabilities called Henry's Scotty School out in Albertson, okay. New York. Okay. Uh, was that something that you had to, like, you were away from your family for a while? Or no. Or you took a bus there? I took a bus back and forth every back day. And forth? Okay. How was um, learning for you, like, school and education and things like that? How was, how was that 
you know, did you yeah. start at the average child starts anywhere between five six years old? I did. I started. I started um, kindergarten or pre K when I was okay. in fourth or fifth grade. Okay. And you mean years old? I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> four or five. Yeah, five five years old. Uh huh. Um. So it it was tough, you yeah. know. Learning was definitely you know a difficult thing okay. for me to do, even as I started to get into early in the high school. Right. Um, I had to take you know normally you take seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. I had to take a class in between seven and eight because I wasn't in, along with a one. With to, keep up, to keep up uh, with the age and right, the grade. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, I had to take, you know, class, like, trying to reteach me what, like, what I learned in okay. sevens and teach me what I will learn in eighth and then go into eighth and then try to... So something that would help you remember what you just learned and then prep you for what you're going to correct. learn so that you can... Do the transition for right. the graded properly and stuff like that. Right. Okay, so at, so somewhere around seventh and eighth grade, it started getting a little more tougher to the work. Right. Um, as far as comprehensions and things like that. Right. Okay. Um, how about um, mechanical motor skills and things like that? Holding I'm, a pencil, I'm, holding things was. Um. Well, when I was younger, it was tougher. Okay. Now, now I can do most of it. You know. Yeah. I see you. You jump around the phone and all that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so in the, in the school, it was from. Kindergarten all the way through high all school. All the way through high school. Okay, um, so were you able to uh, be with people, your peers, and and relate with them in, in certain ways with the the physical ailments and the things that you went through, or I, yeah, how, I, yeah, I, I was. Okay, but you know, there still were times even in a school with people with disabilities mm-hmm. where I would, you know, get made fun of. Really, I would get you know called names and and bullied. Along with, you know, on the outside world or, you know, in yeah, outside yeah. activities or in public settings where I would get teased and make fun of, picked on, called Nick. Okay. Called different nicknames and stuff? Nick, yeah, names like uh, Monster and, and Freak. Wow. You know, those types of names because they didn't, you know, some of them were, you know, teenagers, some of them were kids. Yeah, you know, even even some adults wow. probably would do it at times. They actually say those words to you. Yeah. Wow, like adults would actually say that. To yeah, you. there was crazy. a time in in um in two thousand eight or two excuse me two thousand yeah two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. I was working in a um in a I was working at um Target okay a Target department store, and it was Halloween day, uh-huh. and. I was the only one, you know, I was, you know, along with everybody else, I was working as the cashier. Yeah. And no one else was wearing a, a mask or wearing any, any type of costume that day. But, you know, this guy, you know, looked at me and he said, hey, you know, you need to take your, your mask off. So, I mean, at that age, you know. How old were you in that? I was probably 27, 28 yeah. when that happened. yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of brushed it off. Sure. But, you know, I was like, you know, whatever. And the woman I was helping was like, did he, did he really say that? And so I went on my break, and he comes back into the break room, and he kept the same thing 
again. The guy followed you into the your break room? The guy followed me into the break room. And okay, came. so he was obviously being, excuse me, folks, but he was obviously being a jerk. Right. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I, so, um, you know, I talk around in this part. I mean, this is true, obviously. It's yeah. a true story, but obviously yeah. I talk around because I said, I said something to him. Yeah. But. That's crazy. I'm glad, you know, at this point. You know, I'm glad I don't recall what I said. Okay, okay. <laughs> because I don't, I probably wouldn't, you know. Yeah, you like, don't want to remember yourself that in that way. Yeah, whatever. exactly. <laughs> so especially being a yeah. you know a minister, to, you know, like minister at the yeah. time as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, one one of the things my wife and I and and anyone that we know that knows you has always been admiring about you was um, just your gusto. You know, I don't know if this is the right way to, to phrase it, but but. Um, we, I remember I would see you as a teenager. I remember we would see you as an adult. Um, just being one of the guys, like you know, just being, you know, as, as if there were no, no, no nothing holding right. you back. You know, you couldn't run as fast as the other person. You, you know, you couldn't catch a football like everybody else at the times. But, but you were there to pray for everybody. You were there to tell the jokes. You were mm-hmm. there to be to be happy. You know, you you you. Um, and it wasn't like you know someone trying to fit in. Right. You you were just there, and and you were just happy to be well, there, you know. And we always admired that about you. And then, you know, uh, well, we're thinking, okay, he, Dorsey may need help, you know, with this and that. You got your first job. You went to college. You went. We're like, man, Dorsey does no stop, and he's not going to let anything or any excuse stop him. Right. Um, and I know a big part of that was your dad and his faith. Right. You know, and, and my and, mom and your mom and 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 putting that into you. Um, and they raised you in church. Right. So how does, where, where, did, where, for you, like, where did faith really, I mean, you grew up in church, but where right. did faith really start playing a part in all this for you? Well, I, I accepted Christ at the age of 13. 13, okay. And, you know, I started to go to the youth group and started to, you know, learn more about Christ and, you know, learn more about who he was and, you know, those types of things. And then I think as I got older, I started to realize what it was that God had for me and what it was that, what, what it was that God was going to use me in, you know, in, in life. And that God did have a purpose for my nice. life and that God did have a reason to create me the way that he, the way that he did. Did that take some convincing for you or, or, or you just... I, yeah, you just I, knew that. Or like, what was it that made you say, "If if God created me this way, there's a reason." You know, like what what made you not just say it as saying it to 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 uh, uh, to help yourself believe that, right? But, but what made you say that? And you actually say, "This is this is it." You know, what did that take a while, or or is that something that just came natural for you? No, I think it, I think it took a while, you okay. know, for me. But I think you know, I think it helped. You know, I think my parents helped me helped okay. me to realize that yeah. because of the way that they raised me, and because they allowed me to figure out for myself what I could and could not do. Yeah, and they allowed me to, you know, they didn't they didn't put me in, in a bubble. Good. Yeah, they didn't yeah. say, "Dorsey, you're not going to be able to do this." Dorsey, you're not going to be able to do that. So they actually you pushed do- it. They, they they didn't let. The physical ailments uh, keep you from doing stuff. Correct. They, they they felt if you can do it, or if they saw you do one thing, then you can do the next. Right. You know that's cool. I so, mean, I and they pushed you towards that. Right. I mean, I did. Cool. You know, 
with my fingers that are not, you know, the size of normal, you know, five foot five in yeah. person fing- fingers. Yeah. yeah. I did, you know, and I climbed the rock, you know, obviously I was harnessed, but I yeah. did the, the rock wall and my, my parents said, you know, they didn't say, Dorothy, nothing going be able to do that. You know, they, wow. they had to, you know, they allowed me to figure out that, you know, hey, I'm not, I can't do it like everybody else. But there's a way that I will be able to, to do it. Something. Yeah. 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 Was what? So so now um, you you accepted Christ. You grew up in the church, but now you accept Christ for yourself at 13. Um, you start searching for the meaning behind it. You con- you convince yourself and realize that uh, he has a purpose and a plan for you. What what's next? What what was your desire or or how did right. God play a part in, in in everything from there? Well, um, you know, going back to the youth group thing. Mm-hmm. I started to, you know, like talking to the youth and like ministering to the youth and speaking in, you know, speaking encouragement into them. Cool. And I started to feel like, you know, maybe that was God calling on my life to become a youth pastor. Okay. And I was either, you know, in probably in my late teens, I remember... Somebody, one of the youth leaders, Raphael LeBron, telling me, um, Dorsey, I see you standing on stage, you know, giving, you know, someday speaking and giving you a testimony. Yeah. And at that age, I was like, yeah, okay, that's, that's nice, you know, yeah. that's nice to, that's nice to know, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know Raphael and, um, my, my wife pretty much calls him almost like a spiritual father. He was okay. he was a dad to her when she had lost her dad. Right. Um, well, um, if you read my book, I talk about his daughter having a crush on his daughter. In my oh book. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So Raphael, yeah, and uh, and Sister Lily, yeah, yeah. They 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 were important uh, people in your youth. Group. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so he encourages you that. Yeah. But you don't you don't feel that when he says it. No, not well. I I kind of felt it because I I kind of felt like God wouldn't use me somewhere in the youth group. Yeah. And you know, so I started to get ready to go on to to college to figure out what I was going to do after I graduated high school. Okay. And I had to have a meeting to determine. What I was gonna do after I graduated high school, because not everybody that I went to high school with was able to make it in college. college. Okay, which college were you trying out for? Well, I remember trying out for um, NIAC. Okay. I think it was NYIT. Okay. Um, Queen Queensboro. Okay. And I think that's the I think that's the only way that I. So this this meeting that you would have is with the high school administrators, like uh, yes, uh, and see if you would qualify. What physically well, be able to send the classroom or? Well, more like an IEP meeting. Okay. Um, evaluation to see what you know, what I was gonna do. It wasn't like, it wasn't like they were gonna tell me, hey, Dorky, you're not you're not gonna be able to make it in college. Okay. I mean, my high school history teacher in that meeting said to me and my mom, said, hey, we don't think Dorsey will be able to make it in college. Okay. That's his exact word. We don't think he'll be able to make it in college. And, you know, they said, you know, my mom said, well, ask him, what does he think? I said, yeah, I think I can 
I can make that's it. That's what you, you know. want to do. Yeah, that, yeah. Because that's what I wanted to do. And, and it, you know, nothing else was holding me back from doing anything else. And gotcha. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Okay. You know, going from a school of a couple of hundred students and teachers that you knew all by name yeah. to a, you know, school a college of, campus. Co- yeah, college yeah. campus with a couple of thousand students and a couple of hundred teachers, you yeah, know, totally, yeah. totally different world. Yeah. All right, everyone. We want to make sure that you know how to connect with us here at Through the Winters Ministry. And you can do that by going to throughthewinters.com. Again, throughthewinters.com. There, you'll be able to find out any information you want to know about Through the Winters Ministry. You can read our articles, both old and new. You even have an opportunity to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Guys, you can also find us on Facebook. Just type in Through the Winters Ministry on the search engine, and it'll take you right to our page. We hope you enjoy our ministry just as much as we enjoy serving you. God bless you all. So I went on to college. I went on to Greensboro Community College. And again, there, with the learning, the first couple of weeks were very difficult sure. for me. Sure. The testing and homework and everything. And I would get nervous at night. You know, I would get, you know, upset stomach and everything at night. And I was wondering, you know, was this the right decision to make? Okay. Did I make the right decision? Was this what, really what I was supposed to do? Did you overstep, maybe? Right, yeah. did I overstep? Yeah. And I had this talk with my mom. She said, well, you know, take it a little bit longer, see what will happen, and, you know, if you're still uncomfortable or you're still having problems, then we'll discuss it okay. and see what, see what happens. Okay. But I found out that they had a Chi Alpha Christian Club on that campus and I attended the Chi Alpha Christian Club on that campus and you know it was like God was giving me the the gateway or the you know the encouragement of other students that were there to help me because from that time on till four years later when I graduated I was no longer sick wow it was like God was saying to me, here are the people that help support and encourage you. Wow. And and was it more of an emotional thing or, or they helped you maybe even a little academically or I or, think more I think it was more emotionally. Yeah. And then that helped you settle in your mind and then you were able to focus better. Right. Like it, was, it was it was meeting new people, it was, you know, meeting new friends. Yeah. It was, you know, making contact with Kevin Bateman who you know, oh, I know, I know yeah. forever now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, meeting him, meeting new people. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we we've discussed in, in um, some of our articles at Through the Winters, and even a couple times in this podcast, the importance of uh, of fellowship and the importance of people building each other up, and um, how that can go a long way. So in your case, the walls were closing, everything was overwhelming, and things like that, and just. You taking that step and finding that Christian club, right? Found peers. Thank God you found fellow believers that 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 would help. Probably even pray pray for you and things like that. But um, that helped you feel like you belonged now. Right. That's what that. And mm-hmm. so things start taking the better. 
Um, wh- when was it that you actually started not feeling that um, there was a call for ministry? Because I know now, at, at some point, it, it you had like you said that passion for youth and and for telling other people. When was he said this is you know let's say what Raphael said was actually now maybe actually starting to stem in your own heart? Right. Well, I went you know after King Boy, I went to what is now the University of Valley Forks. Okay. And, you know, I met new people there, you know, reunited with Kevin because Kevin was at at Valley Forks at the time again. Okay. And then in 2002, my mom passed away. Right. And even at, you know, Valley Forks, it was, you know, difficult for me with classes and tests and papers and everything. Yeah. And even at Valley Forks, somebody um, suggested to the fact that I could take, at least get my associate's degree, because at least if you don't make the whole thing and don't get your bachelor's degree... You'll leave with something. Right, right. I, would have, I would have at least something to fall back on. Okay. But I still, you know, persevere, I still <laughs> push forward, and I was like, you know, this isn't, you know, nothing's going to stop me, basically. Yeah. And, you know... Did things slow down when your mom passed away, or you kept on? No, I, you know, that's the crazy thing. I, you know, after, you know, going home, you know, burying her. Yeah. It was like, you know, the beginning of December when that happened. I went back, I finished up, you know, all my classes, all my finals. Yeah. You didn't let it stop you. You know, that's what she would not want it either. Exactly. I mean, I think that's why I did that. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't take a break. I didn't take any time off. Wow. Because I knew my mom wouldn't want me to to yeah. quit or to take any time off. That's good. Because, you know, if I did, you know, would it would it have been, you know, would I, if I had taken any time off, would I have in my mind said, well, do I really want to go back? I gotcha. You know, do yeah. I really want to finish? Yeah, yeah. I've had all these hard classes already. Do I want to go back into that? Environment, yeah, you know, yeah, wow. But on May fifth, two thousand five, I graduated with a bachelor's of arts degree in the at the University of Valley Forks. Nice, nice, very good. And so, even before I graduated, I was going on interviews. Okay. For youth ministry positions, uh-huh. and. You know, interview after interview, nothing would happen. Nothing. I wouldn't get a call back. I wouldn't get any type of, hey, we want to have another meeting with you to... Right, a see, second one follow-up. Kept, yeah, a follow-up yeah. meeting. <clears throat> and one of the meetings that I had, did have, I still recall to this day, was this pastor sat me down and said, hey, you know, you know we're not going to look at your... Disability. We're not going to look at your handicapped yeah. to determine whether or not we're going to hire you. We'll just look at your at your resume. Okay. And but even that didn't you know that didn't happen. Yeah. <clears throat> so I went back home, and in August of two thousand six, Beryl, who I was attending at the time, um, was doing a in the, was doing a summer fest outreach event. Okay. And they wanted people to give their testimony, you know, of what God had done in their life. So 
the church was doing an, uh, an outreach and they wanted their own members Correct. To, to, to do it? To Correct. To do some testimony? Okay. And so I was sitting in the back row, you know, in the back, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, you know. <laughs> if they want me, don't come and get me type of thing, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Because I was, you know, I felt, you know, like, I did Bible college, you know, I didn't want to feel, you know, I wanted to let the regular people, I got you. the I got regular you. Yeah, people yeah. do I it, I guess. Because I went through all this that I I deserve to be up there. Huh? Right? Yeah. So you were staying humble. You right, know, exactly. Yeah. Trying to yeah. stay humble. Yeah. But, you know... I went up and I did. I didn't eventually go up and talk to Pastor Don. He said, "Yeah, I think that's a great idea." Okay. And you know, during that time of you know preparing and I was praying about God, what do you want me to do? Okay. I still wasn't in ministry. I was working at my previous high school as a you know almost like an IT tech type person on oh, okay. with the computers and everything. And I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, send this video out, which was the video I was making for the outreach event. Send it out and see what I will do with it. And So I, you spoke at the outreach? I spoke at the outreach. I did a vi- the video for the outreach, and then I came out and gave, gave like a 10-minute, you know, testimony. Okay, okay. And then God's not saying, go out there and... and, and- yeah. See what happens with it. Right. See what happens with it. Can you know? Can the information out okay. that I have about my testimony about you know the ministry huh. and send it out to different churches okay. and see what see what will happen. And so, in that video, was your your testimony, my testimony. That you shared at that outreach? Right. Okay. Correct. Okay. Okay. And that's how you know basically how Dorsey's ministry got. Started that wow. we met with the superintendent, you know, Dr. Durst, mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, I think that's a great idea, you know, because now I got the backing of Barrows and Pastor Dorm and yeah. Dr. Durst, yeah. and from that, you know, that's how I started traveling around the country giving my testimony. Okay, how, how does it feel sometimes? I mean, now you've done it for, for quite a number of years, right? In the beginning, how was it uh, reliving some of those? moments and things like that did did you find it hard trying to relive those things or 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 um like what was your perspective of it i don't think i don't think it was hard you know reliving some of it okay not 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 a lot not not a lot of it i think your your, your parents um the positive attitude your parents maintained throughout it all right um that was so key you know um again i I didn't know your mom um but my wife you know spoke of, of your dad especially sure uh, <clears throat> just about how um, they were just uh, um, so loving and, 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 and positive in a lot of things, you know, of how they were with you and just life in general. And even if they had to come down hard on you, you right. know, because you, know, you were just going to be like any other kid too. Yeah. Your moments. So when you need to be disciplined, you have to be disciplined. Right. Um, <clears throat> but um, their faith in God and, and their trust in that there was a purpose and a plan for all this. Um, even though that purpose was was a little skewed, you you face every challenge, you know, head on, saying, "Okay, you know, let's do this." Did Did you ever have a time? I don't know. Did you ever have a time where you got maybe not necessarily maybe mad at God, but where you just told God, "What's the deal?" Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. There, there were definitely times in my life, you know, when I when I felt that way. Okay, how, how did how did you process those kind of things? You don't have to get into specifics if right. you don't want to, but like, how did you just at least maybe process those kind of things? It, 
Was it more of a frustration? Was it more of where you felt like maybe disappointments or doors were closing? What, yeah, what? I think I think it was more, you know, I think it was more fr- frustration, you know, okay. you know, saying, you know, sometimes even saying, God, why, you know, why did you make me this way? You know, okay. why would you allow someone to be born this way? Mm. And then, you know, you know, God had to remind me, hey, you know, go back and read Psalms 139 and realize that I created you from your mother's womb. Wow. I may not have, you know... <clears throat> like there was a purpose in the whole thing? Yeah, basically, yeah. like there was a purpose in the whole in yeah. the whole thing. Psalms 139, I knew you. And yeah, so I know the plan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, when you would read that, um, and, or you hear God's voice speak to you about those things. Um, did you receive it well, or grudgingly, or or, did, or what, when 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 you when you finally say it's like you know what, okay, I'm I'm gonna take this and and let this be my my anthem. Let this be you know what what guides me. And then because what your ministry is all about is taking your story right and turning it around to everybody else and saying, so what's your story and, and right. so how are you gonna allow you know you know, your circumstances to define you or you're going to let them, you know, um, be what motivates you for for greatness. Right. So how did you turn that into an anthem for you? Like, you know. Yeah, I think it took me, you know, I think it took time. Okay. You know, even, even took, you know, some trials and some of the things, you know, like, you know, sometimes the devil, the enemy of the devil will even come to me and say, hey, you know, God doesn't have a plan for your life. God doesn't have the you know, and uh, they start creeping in, right? Yeah, and yeah. calling on your life, you know, you don't, you should end your life now, and because God didn't have anything for you. Wow. But then I would have, you know, I would go back to the Bible and just play and say, God, you know, what do you have in store for me? And then He would, you know, eventually, the, you know, the Holy Spirit would eventually reveal to me, hey, you know, keep going, keep moving forward. You know, I have great, I have a greater plan for your. That's for awesome. your life. That's awesome. But, so, um, tell me now about, a little bit more about Dorsey Ross Ministries. Um, your goal in doing this, um, it, it's it's pretty much your main job right now. Your Correct. ministry is, is what you do. Um, and you go to churches, youth groups, uh, anyone that, you know, functions that, right. where you can share your story. Correct. Um, is it just about your story or is it, is it, there's more... In, 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 into it like what is it what's the goal of Dorsey Ross Ministries the go- well the goal of Dorsey Ross Ministries is to be an encouragement to those that are there in the service to okay. encourage them to uplift them to help them to see that you know the trials and the difficulties that they are facing that they will eventually get through it and that you know Maybe they don't feel that God is there with them in the midst okay. of that trial. Right, right. But, you know, regardless, God, God is there. You know, yeah. God is with us all the time. No and matter. you use your story as a basis right, for that. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that that's awesome. So it's not even just like um, if there's anyone that has a physical handicap or, or going things. It, it, it can relate to that. And right. That, but we're talking about even if it's someone that's emotionally distressed or Correct. suffering with PTSD or, or going through depression or... Uh, maybe has gone through uh, a bad divorce and feels like right. they're now useless, or a teenager that feels that they can't fit in with their their social group or whatever. Right. 
And it's not even, you know, for people with any type of, you know, physical or mental disability for any anybody. This is when you're in that rut. Right. To know that there is, you know, you want to be help you a voice that says God is there listening. God is there. Right. And and, and encouraging. I know you've spoken in schools. I know you've spoken uh, in in like uh, uh, chapels and things like that. And and teenagers. How do teenagers receive you? I'm, I'm guessing kids still are kids. Sometimes they, yeah, when kids you walk in a room, they give you that look. You know, how, how do you still handle that? You know, as an adult now, right? But how do you still handle that? Um, and do you make light with it? Do you like how do you approach when you walk into a room uh, with teenagers and you, now you're about to speak to them? How does that go? I make light of it. You know, I will like, hey, you know, kids may stare, yeah. they may say something, they may say things. Yeah. But, you know, I just try to brush it off at times. And then after you share your story, what, what what kind of responses do you get from them? Most of the time it's encouraging. You know, most of the time it's like, hey, thank you for sharing. I, I really enjoyed your your testimony, your, you know, your, your story today. Yeah, I think I think that's an important piece. I know um, pastors that, uh, and, and again, on, on his website, folks, you guys can see some testimonies. Uh, people that have had him as a speaker, um, that, you know, and what they've, uh, how their congregations responded or how it's benefited their church and things like that. But um, I think when we stop to hear everybody's story, sometimes it helps us get a little more insight, understanding. And even for teens, I work, my wife and I worked with teens for several years. Um, they want to know where God is in, in, in different situations. And sometimes they can just see a, a something and, and think and have their own assumptions but when they stop to listen they, they want to learn they want to they want to see if anyone can relate to them and, and things like that um and sometimes sometimes it's, it's it's a matter of wow this person went through a whole lot more than i'm complaining right. about and yet i'm complaining about right. how god can and, 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 and so it's also sometimes it can be even like that shame and that guilt that they feel and i think that's important for teens is like you know, you think you have it rough, but sometimes you don't realize how, how easy you actually have it. Mm-hmm. But that's just, you know, the things that, that, that they go through. Um, but then there are adults that even though we may be going to church for, for years, we can sometimes, because just life gets as it gets, you know, we, we get sometimes, you know, caught up in, in, in whatever we're feeling and we forget God does care. He is watching over me and let me not allow myself to mentally go down that road. Um, what I like about your ministry is that it also does help remind believers themselves. This isn't just uh, non-believers trying to know that there is a God, but help believers remember, you know, and you make that point sometimes when you share your testimony uh, about who God is and, and that though we know the logistics, we know what the Bible says, we know that we forget in our own lives how to really apply that. Right. And I like that in, in your story and, and, and in your testimony when you share this, that it's also a reminder to the believer to constantly this is a constant walk with Christ to 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 that that you have with him and this is the constant thing that you go through that even you yourself you have those hard days um you know cuz no one's perfect but um there's a constant walk of me saying okay god what's next it's a constant thing of me challenging myself and my faith and my walk with god so that I don't get lethargic so I don't get you know caught in those kind of things and i, I really i really like that about your your ministry and your story um, and when you share that, those kind of things, um, because it's, it's, you're hitting human beings, period. It's not, you you happen to be a person that's a man of faith and your faith played a big part in who you are today, you know, um, and from the way your parents raised you and everything like that. But, um, 
it's it's this isn't just something for just believers this is something for just not this is for humans in general your story of perseverance about moving forward about not letting circumstances dictate to you you know um what 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 can be if god says this then i i can have more for you um before we close out but uh what are some extra encouraging words that you would want to say to somebody we have a listener that um is in a rut or it does feel that you know Maybe God's forgotten about them or, or that the life's challenges are really burning them down. And it's probably legitimate. Maybe, right. maybe those bills are there. Maybe uh, the people that they thought that, that loved them are, are, aren't around anymore. What kind of encouraging word would you tell the, uh, someone who's listening? Maybe is in that rut right now. Right. I know, you know, it's hard at times. It's even harder times in my own life. But we need to just to trust in God. And, yeah. You know, have a, you know, have that faith to... You know, just to trust in him and know that he has something, you know, great in store for your for your life and that he is the great physician and that he will heal you and that he will, you know, take care of you. He will supply the needs that he has for you. It's just a matter of, your, of you being willing to let him take hold of that. Right. right? Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I, it's... There's no other way to put it. it. It's 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 a choice that we have uh, to to allow God to become that in our lives, um, and you'll never really see it unless you give Him the chance to show right. you that He is. Um, I'm glad that you you did that, Dorsey. Again, um, how you stayed positive, you know, in all these years. And again, I know you've had those hard moments and those and those tough times, um, but it, it's just an amazing thing, folks. We want you to check out Dorsey Ross Ministries. Dorsey Ross Ministries. Dot com, And again, you'll find out all information there. You'll see some testimonials of people that's had Dorsey come speak. And you'll find out ways in which you can uh, um, uh, have Dorsey maybe come speak at your church or at your um, school or, or whatever the case may be. And um, also, the, you have your biography, which I know you were saying we want to... Update that at some uh, point. You want to do some <laughs> updates. Um, but you also find information about his biography, the, the book... Um, and it's called Overcomer right. um, by Dorsey Ross. And uh, you can find out information about how to get his book also on there. And so, Dorsey, thank you so much for checking us out and, and coming and being a part of our, our podcast today. We're going to have him back again in the future, talk a little bit more about different things um, as topics come up. And um, we're just grateful to have you here, Dorsey. Thank would, you. Would you want to close us out in prayer? Yeah. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank God for what... You're done in this interview, God, that you could continue to help this ministry grow and help the podcast to grow, God, and that you could um, inspire and encourage those that listen to this podcast, God, yes, and play. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Talk to you soon. God bless you, friends. On behalf of all of us here at Through the Winters Ministry, I want to say thank you for all the love and for all the support. Through the Winters is here because we want to help people find purpose in their pain, help them find healing from their past, and and give them a drive to keep on pursuing God in all things. If you'd like to help support us, there's two ways you can go about that. The first is through these podcasts. If you listen to us through Google or Spotify or iTunes, on our page in the About section on the last sentence, You'll find a link that will send you to a website where you can sponsor us for either $1, $5, or $10 a month. If you listen to us through a podcast app, 
There should be a little icon that says support or sponsor. Click on that, and again, it will take you to a spot where you can support us for either $1, $5, or $10 a month. The second way that you guys can support us is by inviting us to your church. We here at Three to Winters have had experience speaking to men's groups, women's groups, youth groups. We've done Sunday morning services. We've helped out in workshops and conferences. Any way that we can help your church, we want to be there. Just give us a call at 718-679-5356. That number again is 718-679-5356. Guys, once again, thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. Any way that we can help you, just give us a call. God bless.